Kone Convos, the podcast, brand new project here in 2019. Dom Savino, Keith Rad, we're, we're going to do something different this year, Dom, and we hope that uh, everybody that loves the Cyclones or loves Coney Island or loves summertime in New York City will enjoy this. This is something that we want to make not only baseball-centric but human interest-centric. We want things to revolve around this topic. So it's almost, I'm not going to say no general theme here, but Coney Island, if you drive past anything on Surf Avenue, it's just it's the fun house. It's an amusement park. It's a pizza place. It's a baseball stadium. There's so much going on, and we figured a podcast would fit right in. Yes, it's going to be a cornucopia of everything Brooklyn, Coney Island, and Cyclones related, which is really exciting. I know last year we had so many different stories that we came upon throughout the season, and we're like, oh, wish we could tell that story, do it justice, spend 20 minutes talking about this guy's life story and how he started in a different country and then bounced around in college and then finally is here in the greatest city in the world, and so many other things that come up when the team is on the road and in a new city, going to Williamsport, the home of Little League Baseball this season. So, so many different stories to tell for the team, of course, in Coney Island with the beach and the boardwalk and the amusement park that has got more than a century's worth of history with it. Coney Convos, the podcast, is our platform to tell those stories, and then all of the stories that you at home send us, because although we are storytellers by trade, we don't know every single story that exists in, in, in this area and that revolves around Brooklyn and the Cyclones. So going to interact with, with the, the crowd more and with Cyclones fans like we were able to do with hashtag Coney Convos is the aim. Yeah, last year we launched Coney Convos, the blog, told a lot of stories, uh, in-depth stories, in-depth features on players and coaches and, and crazy things that we just stumble upon on the road when we do all 76 games for our radio broadcasts. But uh, this year we're excited, and, and as Don mentioned, if you have any ideas or if you know of a, a super fan that does some super crazy things that just knows about Brooklyn or Coney Island or the Dodgers or anything, we'd love for you to get in touch with us. You can email the show, coneyconvos at gmail.com. Reach out to us on Twitter. I'm Keith, K-E-I-T-H-R-A-A-D on Twitter. You can pull us off to the side if you see us doing first pitch on the field and we're walking up to get a hot dog before the game. You can tell us about it then. So I'm not somebody who likes to waste a lot of time. This is probably the longest preamble we'll have for a <laughs> podcast. We wanted to know, I wanted to let you know, I should say, what we are doing this year and how we really want you guys to be a part of it. We have shows lined up. We have ideas lined up. We will hopefully surprise you a little bit, and we'll take a little bucket from uh, each bag before we get started here. Yeah, and I, I would say uh, there is no story or no idea that is too trivial or dumb everything and anything cyclones dodge brooklyn dodgers brooklyn coney island even mets related i like like keith mentioned there are some ideas already down the pike that we've got lined up that'll come out in the next couple of weeks and they touch on some of those other things the brooklyn dodgers the new york mets and their history and how that all intertwines with the brooklyn cyclones and what we've got going on here on coney island so don't don't feel like your idea or your story is too trivial to uh, to send it to us because even if it's not the basis of a whole episode it could be part of one so we like to do a lot of stories, a lot of interviews, and Dom, what is the first one? Yes, I, I do have the first one lined up. I had the pleasure of sitting down with both Joe and John Janord. As you may know, Joe Janord is the ninth-round pick of the Mets this year. He's the Cyclones' first baseman, and on opening day, Joe went yard, 412-foot bomb. Joe's dad, John, has been here on Coney Island for the first four games of the season to get to kind of usher his son into pro baseball and watch it all. His dad has got a jersey that has excited a fan base from talking to him. 
Uh, they've got uh, more than two decades worth of history in baseball working together. John is a true baseball dad. And so I had the pleasure of sitting down with both Joe and John to talk about opening weekend in pro baseball for Joe and what it's been like for John Genord getting to watch his son play his first few days of pro baseball and celebrate Father's Day at the ballpark. First ever episode of Coney Convo's The Podcast, and we were trying to figure out who we would talk to on this opening weekend podcast, Father's Day 2019 season getting started. We've got a good father-son story for you here on Coney Convo's The Podcast. Joe Genord was the ninth round pick of the Mets this year, the first baseman for the Cyclones. He's been in the lineup the first three days. His dad, John, has also been in town, and so Joe and John are both sitting down with us now here on the podcast. Joe, I've got to ask you first, you're a Florida boy who's now in Coney Island, USA. What has the transition been like? Um, walking a lot, everywhere. <laughs> um, don't have my truck. Can't bring it here. Um, <laughs> you know, it's, I mean, I guess you got to get used to it. It's only been a couple of days, so I haven't... Um, you know, I haven't had too many problems. I might have to take the subway. I have to learn that. Um, I, don't, I don't know how that's going to be. Uh, but, uh, I mean, it, it, it's not too bad. Um, everything's pretty close that you need to get to, so it's not like I have to walk three miles somewhere, you know. Um, it, it's been fine so far. Well, it is a big adjustment, no, qu- you know, no question, just from the type of area we live in, South Florida, I mean, you don't have, you know, park, there's parking everywhere. You don't have to worry about whether your car is going to get towed. Or, uh, But i got to tell you, the history in Brooklyn and being here for that and the baseball history here is, is really fantastic. So I've been enjoying myself immensely, but also takes a lot to get used to. Joe's been hearing me as I'm driving and trying to maneuver the streets down here and the incredible traffic and bumpy roads. But, uh, but once you get here to Coney Island... It's all worth it. All right, Joe, so help me with the timeline a little bit. First week of June, second day of the draft, Joe Genord, power-hitting first baseman from the University of South Florida, drafted in the ninth round by the Mets. When did you find out you were going to go to Brooklyn? Right when he called me. Um, Who's he? Uh, John Updike, the, my area scout. He called me, and then uh, right after they said my name, he said you're headed to Brooklyn. So. All right, now, John, help me with the timeline. When did you decide you were coming out to Brooklyn to watch Joe's first few days as a pro? Well, you know, there's certain games that I just don't miss, and I just wouldn't have missed this for the world. I thought, you know, him and I have been doing this together for the last 17 years. I've been coaching him since T-ball, you know, finally let him go in in high school and do his thing. But, uh, yeah, this is such a big event for both of us. We've worked so hard to get here that there was no way I would miss it. I didn't, you know, if I had to walk here, I would have, I would have walked here. So no, it was, uh, I knew right away. As soon as he said, we're going to Brooklyn, we hugged together. And that was, uh, that was very exciting. Plus I happen to know a little bit about the facility. We had heard things about it and, uh, it truly is special. It really is a special place for baseball and, and the history here with the statues out front. And it's just, uh, it's a real honor to get to play at a place this nice. What have you heard about MCU Park, or I should say, what did you hear about MCU Park before Joe got drafted? Well, uh, you know, one of his uh, coaches uh, had played here when he was uh, in, in, the, in the pros and when he was drafted, and uh, he just told him, look, it's a great place to play. I knew it had been hit by Sandy, and I didn't know how it had recovered from it and whatnot, but uh, I knew with the roller coasters and the park and the boardwalk and the water right here and all those things combined just make for a 
a great atmosphere for baseball. It's been truly, you know, with the crowds you're getting here, it's just, it's really just an, uh, unbelievable, really. Now we fast forward to day one of professional baseball, Friday night, opening day, second at bat of the day. I believe you got a two-strike count. You launched one over the fence for your first pro home run. Joe, take me through that at bat. Well, I mean, I always, I always take my same approach, which uh, be on time for fastball and see the ball at the hand and make the adjustment needed. Um, but you know, when it gets to two strikes, I don't like changing too much because I don't, I don't ever work on hitting with two strikes. You know, so I don't like changing, and I, I, I feel like with no, no strikes and two strikes, I'm still able to do the same thing. So I, I don't change anything it's my same leg lift my same swing and he he just happened to leave a curveball a little or slider a little too high um um i didn't get my a swing on it. i was a little early um but you know I, I caught enough barrels enough power to get it out and you know it was a great feeling you know um starting your professional career with the home run is it's always you know amazing and and um that's what I came here to do. You know, I didn't come here to hit singles, so <laughs> uh, it, it's unbelievable. And, and my dad being able to be here to see it, and um, just it's great experience. And it's not the first time he he let off. When he, his first hit for University of South Florida was also a, a crushing home run. So uh, that's uh, he's likely to do it. I don't know. Maybe just gets up and excited, and uh, you know. Just whatever it is, but the, he he's let off a lot of part. when he went to Waterloo and played his very first at bat home run over the DSO. There's three teams he played with, and the very first day he's hit massive home runs that really open up some eyes out there because they're normally not cheapies. <laughs> so it's a two strike count. Joe, did you know that it was gone off the bat? I thought it was, but um, I didn't want to jog for my first home run in the pros, <laughs> so. I ran, and I also have never played on this field before, so I don't know how. I mean, I knew there was kind of, you know, slight wind blowing to the right or to left, but I've, like I said, I've never played in this field, so I don't necessarily know how the ball flies here and how, how the park plays. So I wasn't going to get caught jogging, and it hits off the wall, and I, I can't get the second. So I was like, I'm just going to run and see what happens. And then what happened to hit, it's white signs, so it's kind of hard to see, and I almost missed first. Um, so I made an awkward turn there. But, uh, yeah, I, I thought off the bat I got it, but just wasn't 100%, so I ran anyway. <laughs> Dad, what was the percentage from you? Did you know it was gone? Did you have a thing extra base hit? Was it lost in the fence? You know, it's it's kind of hard to tell where I was up up high, so you get a little bit different perception. Um, you know, I thought sometimes that, you know, even the announcers will call it, you know, they think it's a line drive because you are also way up high, and you don't really get the chance to judge the height. I knew it was, I knew it was powerful off the bat. Uh, according to TrackMan, it was a... 103 miles an hour and 412 feet so uh he clearly got it more than it looked off the bat but i could tell by the eyes on the outfielders that's what i look at and i saw them looking up and they kind of the center fielder pretty much gave up on it he had a better look at it and and so once it was over i was just elated and just said gosh he did it again can't believe it you know three three opening days with three different teams and home runs each time so it's a it's a pattern that could tell hope it continues well, you mentioned announcers, and I will take you behind the scenes because I called the home run. I, it was my ending of play-by-play. I called it a line drive off the bat, and it was a line drive in defense to me, but it was a very long line drive that traveled over 400 feet. 
So you launch one over the fence. Do you remember running around the bases, or do you just kind of black out at that point? Yeah, I was just, uh, you know how the announcers always say they act like you've been there, so that's exactly what I was trying to do is act like, I mean, I have. I mean, I, I fit not a little amount of home runs in my life, so I have been there before, but now it's on a new platform, and I didn't want to be overexcited and make a fool of myself, so I was just... You know, like, there was so much stuff going on in my head that I had to keep from my, my body from doing. But um, it, I, I just was trying to not go too slow, not go too fast. Um, don't trip on the turf because I, I, don't, I don't play on turf that often. Um, so it's different for me. I mean, first day of practice, I, I ate it, got sniped at first. Um, I actually got sniped after I touched home, too. But I stayed on my feet. Um, <laughs> but uh, I uh, I was just trying to just be calm, you know, act like it was just another home run, which in reality it is. It's just it was the first professional home run, which, you know, my first hit. So that was a great feeling. And then another thing I was thinking is like, dang, I don't get to get my, my first professional hit because like, the ball's gone. Right. And then um, one of the uh, – one of the guys came up and handed me the ball after and said, this is it. I said, this ball is it? Like, the one that went over? <laughs> and he said, yeah, this is it. I was like, if you say so, it's it, you know? Like, I'm not going to argue with you. <laughs> so I just, I just, like I said, I just try to act like I've been there before, not show too much emotion, and, um, and then they did try to continue. Yeah. yeah, they gave me the silent treatment. Um <laughs> For a little bit, and I was just then I started soaking it in. Once I got into the dugout a little bit, and then they all came and uh, mobbed me, and it was a it was a lot of fun. John, you've seen your son hit 44 home runs in college, third most in USF history. You just mentioned when he played in the Northwoods League, he hit one in his first game there as well. You see him launch a ball over the fence in his first day as a pro baseball player. What in the world goes through your mind as a dad? Well, geez, you know, just. He can uh, th- that he's going to be able to do it at this level. That's the thing, you know. You end up facing tougher pitching and uh, a little bit more ball movement. And I knew he had the jitters, and you know, a little bit of opening day jitters, like anyone would. Six thousand people in the stands, um, but uh, but it's just it was something that you know I knew he could do. And it you know I, it seems to me that you know thirty or forty percent of his hits are home runs anyway, so he has a good and and I knew he might have done I, I truth is I snuck in the center field gates during BP and I saw him launching him over the scoreboard so I knew he was feeling his oats that day and I thought something good might happen. So uh so I went up and got that jersey made up there and I thought, all right, I'm gonna I, I normally wouldn't do that, you know, and not only the jersey, my you know, stay incognito, I had his number and our last name put on the jersey and and I've met a lot of friends. I've got a lot of sudden friends here now. They're all coming around, hanging around me, giving me all the uh, inside. Some guys that have been here since the stadium was open. So uh, it's all really been a magical weekend, really. And adding Father's Day on top of it has just been fantastic. Well, you just mentioned it. I was going to ask you about this. You bought, at some point, I guess on Friday, a personalized number 9 Janord Cyclones jersey. First of all, what went into the decision to buying a personalized jersey of your son's? Well, the truth is, when I walked up the steps in the gate and saw him signing autographs in his first professional jersey, it just, you know, you know, I got a little bit emotional, hugged him, wanted to get his autograph, 
and couldn't, had tears in my eyes and just gave him a hug and walked up, said, I love you, I'm so proud of you. And when I walked upstairs, I saw that they were selling the same jersey in the room and they happened to have a, a you know, personalization machine right there. So, you know, they had number nine, they, they checked my ID, I don't think you're allowed to have... Um, your name on it unless it's a family member you just can't go put anyone's name on it I believe I can't imagine why she checked my ID um, but uh, but they put it together for me right then and there and waited 15 minutes for it and put it on and and uh, I don't know sometimes things happen for a reason I normally would never do that I've never done that before but uh, I don't have any of his jerseys other than the ones that the school gave him when he uh, came home um, but uh, but it was that's that's why I did it and uh, kind of glad I did you know it's uh you know, it's, I'm, real, I'm just so proud of him, and you know, and just hopefully he can continue, you know, continue to do it. I know we're only three games into the season, but uh, he's got a long, hopefully, uh, you know, decade career in front of him. So, uh, you know, I'll keep that jersey forever, though. That one will always be special, and uh, you know, and there's a little bit of you know memento to take back home with me too, back to South Florida. So, it was, uh, you know, and then getting a chance to play catch with him out on the field on Father's Day, along with the 500 other fathers and sons and daughters that were out there was was truly special and uh that was kind of a spur of the moment thing i saw him i texted him in the dugout said hey can we go out there he said well you know i guess let me check and he grabbed his catcher's glove and first baseman glove and a ball and we went out there and got to play catch and that was uh that was really special so the whole weekend has been really fantastic i go home tomorrow and can't wait till i come back hopefully in two weeks yeah you mentioned that you were one of the many uh, fathers and sons who participated in the pregame catch on Father's Day. What was Father's Day like for you, being in Brooklyn, getting to see Joe's first weekend in pro baseball? Oh, it was, uh, you know, truly special. One of the, you know, best Father's Days I've had. I mean, the only thing that could have been better is if my older son and my wife could have been up here, but they had to, they, they run their own, my son runs his own business and my wife had to work, but uh, we're going to come up in, in two weeks. But, uh, but no, it was truly special to be able to do that with my son and once again we hugged got emotional I had to put my sunglasses on and uh but it was uh, uh it was it was truly special I walked back up and people just said they saw it and they said that was just how special is that and you know and I realized you know sometimes people talk about things that are special I felt like you know the luckiest dad really that day Joe when did you realize that there was a second Janord number nine walking around MCU Park um, he came up to me before the game. He was like calling me, and I was actually talking with, um, I think it was Dy, or it was the Dy, or uh, I thought you were next to your teammate Gavin too. Was I next to yeah, Gavin? Yeah. Dy being Dalwin Young, Cyclone yeah. setting coach, Gavin Garay, first baseman for Brooklyn. And um, he's calling me, and I look, and he turns around. And he's got the jersey on my name. I was like, I don't even got my name on my jersey. <laughs> <laughs> and um. Yeah, so he came up to me right before the game and uh, showed me it, and I just started laughing. I was like, "Of course you would." <laughs> so uh, I'm really proud of him. So he just, you know, and we've been done this together, and uh, and I don't coach with him anymore, but uh, I'm just proud of him. I normally wouldn't do something like that, but uh, sometimes I like to be on incognito and just kind of watch and really pay attention to the little parts of the game. But when uh, by wearing that jersey, I get people coming up and talking to me all the time, so it somewhat can be distracting for me watching the game. So sometimes I don't wear it and hide out in the back row by myself, so I can just watch, you know. But uh, yeah, what a it's uh, it's truly special. What a, what a great situation they have here. The Mets run a great organization, at least this aspect of it. I haven't seen more, but uh, this uh, 
I know that everyone that, you know, they love, you might not like to go to other travel to other ballparks, but I, I would imagine this has got to be the highlight of most anyone's bus trip that plays in this league. Well, you've been here for a few days, John. I know Joe's had to play baseball and do a lot, all that stuff. Have you guys gotten to see anything in New York City or do anything together? Uh, not really. I mean, last night uh, we went out and did some walking. Um, couldn't find a parking spot. We, <laughs> we, 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 we finally found a spot and just started walking and stumbled upon a really good pizzeria that we were looking for. And we always like having good Brooklyn pizza. You know, I, we were here in the past. Four years ago, he was invited to the Metropolitan Classic, which the Mets hold. They bring eight travel teams uh, here and play a, a tournament just for the scouts at City Field. And that was the only other time I've ever been to New York. And we had a great... Uh, pizza dinner at Lombard's. I guess it's one of the original pizza places in downtown Manhattan. And he said, hey, let's go do that again. We had one thing we wanted to do, you know, before I went back was uh, go and have a, a good sit-down pizza meal somewhere. So we got to do that last night, and we had lunch this morning, or you know, brunch, I guess you could say. Yeah, that's uh, that's the only time, you know, I got to let him focus on his, this. Is his, his, his job now, you know. He's getting paid to do this, so I want him totally focused and make sure that I don't distract him from, you know, his responsibilities and uh but uh, there'll be plenty of time for us to get together, especially the next time I come up. You know, this time I just really want him to focus on the whole routine and what's expected of him. Joe, what's it been like uh, going through such a transition? You said as a Florida boy playing in New York City, the adjustment to pro baseball in general. What's it been like going through some of this with your dad here? I mean, with him being here makes the adjustment easier. You know, a familiar face. Um you know, your father, um, especially on Father's Day, I got to spend it here with him and not somewhere else or him somewhere else. Um, you know, like I said, we've been here before uh, once for a couple of days and we got to do more things. But, you know, like, like I said, I, I needed to focus on baseball. It's, it's the start of my professional career. And um, he, he has allowed me to do that and not try to take up too much time and get me thinking about things. And he just let me play baseball, you know, and just try to have fun in the process. And, I mean, him being being here, you know, go out to eat with your father, you got to do, you know, Father's Day dinner, me and him. Fortunately, like you said, my mother and brother couldn't be here. But um, it's just, it's, it made, him being here made adjusting to here, coming here easier. Sounds like we're going to see you back here in a couple of weeks. Oh, yeah. We'd miss it hopefully a couple more times before the season's over, you know. But, uh, yeah, I can't wait. I can't wait to bring the, the whole family up and, and just watch some good baseball because it's, it's darn good baseball. It really is. Well, Joe and John Genords both spending their first few days in pro baseball together here at MCU Park. John and Joe, appreciate it. Thank you very much. Thank you.